Come check out Larry Records. He started in 2018 to bring to the world the finest, hottest garbage screamo there is. We've put out old bands like Spirit of Versailles, Beer Before the March of Flames, and yes, even Heavy Heavy Low. And we got some new bands on the label, like Versus Self, Widow Dusk, Peak, and even Catalyst. So come check us out, all right, guys? We got a band camp, we got an Instagram, we fucking got it all. Check out Larry Records. Screamo lives, baby. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Everything Remade, the podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn and we have a great show for you. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that we have a Patreon page over at patreon.com slash human machine where you can sign up to get music sneak peeks, zines, comics, and much more. And now I'd like to play something for you. You're hearing Eliza by Riot 9, featuring my pal Cleo Jackowick on guitar and vocals. The song comes off their EP, Death Before Detransition, which you can find on their Bandcamp page now. I remember my dad had this work truck when I was growing up. It was like a red Ford. Um, and it was for his, like the company he worked for. And um, he made this like playlist or mixtape or whatever um, of like all like his like 90s rock songs that he liked that were like um, age appropriate for a very young child because my parents were pretty like uh, they're a little bit more conservative so they wanted to like not have a bunch of songs with swears and whatever so my dad made me this like playlist we would listen to it in the work truck and I, I remember distinctly a bunch of the songs from uh, Weezer's Blue Album and then there was this CD called Before You Were Punk by it was like um like a compilation of like 90s pop punk bands covering like 80s new wave stuff. And the one that I distinctly remember is um, Blink-182 covering um, Dancing With Myself by, I believe, Billy Idol. Mm -hmm. So that's like some of the first music I can like have a memory of listening to. Um, But I don't know. I used to, when I was a very young child, I really liked like Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Um, because it was, you know, rock and roll Christmas music. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's the earliest memories I have of like listening to music. I can't I can't put a finger on a single song. I don't think like it was yeah. either that that playlist my my dad made me or um, probably just like Weezer's Blue Album. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um, I know I know I don't know if I've ever heard that compilation, but I I know exactly which one you're talking about, and it's funny because like that was a thing for a minute 
was like pop punk bands doing 80s covers mm-hmm. like it, it really was a thing for a minute and um i don't know like i th- i think i sort of um blame Lagwagon for that because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Lagwagon really they would have a cover song on every one of their albums like at least at mm-hmm. first and uh, not all of, the, all of them were 80s or whatever but it really to, to me that's what really kicked, kicked all that off and um, yeah I don't know um, but yeah that's that's wild I sometimes I can sort of like depending on the the a song or whatever sometimes i can sort of say oh i can see how this like influence like still holds up to this day but in that case i'm just saying no i don't <laughs> uh, I, i'm saying yeah i mean you know like i don't hear that in in uh, any of your guitar work is is all i'm trying to say um which <laughs> I, is yeah you know yeah. depending on the person which is either a good or a bad thing um but yeah um so it wasn't a case with you really where like you were not exposed to like alternative or like punk or, you know, whatever until later. It was kind of just like that's those kinds of sounds were like the some of the first that you can remember hearing and stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, my dad's favorite band of all time is NoFX, which is kind of funny to me. Uh, at this point in my life, um, yeah, because I I don't really I can't get behind most like skate punk stuff. Um, specifically, not no effects. I think that's really not a fan of them. Um, yeah, yeah, no. But uh, I mean that that definitely led to me like learning at least about what punk rock was. Um, you know, and and you can't you can't listen to good music without first like hearing some music that's not as good and being like oh this looks way better you know yeah yeah it's um i'm kind of realizing that like um, your dad and i are probably uh, not too far off in age from one another (laughs) um and i was just gonna say that like yeah when i was young um and like the town that i lived in the only like the record store was cool. Like if you um, could tell him what what you wanted, like he could probably find it. But it kind of mm-hmm. had to be like Discord or SST or like Epitaph Records. You know, it kind of had to still sure. fall in in this purview of like he couldn't just like get you the seven inch that the band released out of their garage. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so you know for a minute like those kinds of bands were definitely like very they were seminal in like my um musical like trajectory you know but like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know like no effects is one of those bands where it's just like i know people like from my hometown and stuff and like i mean a lot of people know what what that's like where like you're not you don't live there anymore but people you know still do like we know what that means where it's just like mm-hmm. they're kind of stuck in that right like whatever mindset they were in then and mm-hmm. so every once in a while like just some random person like that i knew a very long time ago goes the new no effects album is great and i expect <laughs> like there to be 
I expect they're, you know, because Mike has, you know, come out as, as you know, I'm not sure exactly what Mike has come out as, but like, I expect there to be some kind of like step up in like the lyrical content or whatever. It's just like never happened. It's just like you, you, you are writing for 13 year olds still. <laughs> like, I do yeah, not know uh-huh. what's going on. <laughs> you know? It's like, I always, I always describe like bad religion as the ACDC of punk rock in that they like found a sound in their second album and then stuck with it for like 40 years doing 13 albums that's all sound exactly the same. You know what I mean? Like, like, sure, ACDC sounds cool to, to any young kid and bad religion sounds cool to any young kid, but like, they, they just kept cranking out albums that sounded exactly the same. I feel like No Effect is kind of similar in that, too. It's just, like, super, super fast skate punk shit that is whiny and, like, vaguely political, but just vague enough where, like, my conservative dad can think it's funny. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's it's political without, like, taking a stand. It's just, like, aren't aren't the people in charge bad? And you're like, yes, but tell us why, you know, mm-hmm. like elaborate on that. And they're like, nah, cause I don't want to, I don't want to poop where I eat, you know? Cause it's like literally like it's, bo- <laughs> it's boomer punk, you know? Like, uh-huh. um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Like I, it, people are always like, it's talking about bad religion, writing some very different albums. And, and I see p- people saying that some of them are polarizing and I'm always like, I want a bad religion album that is like polarizing. And I like, either I like, don't check out the right ones or they just kind of all, yeah. I mean, they're kind of all pretty similar, you know, it's like sometimes a younger person is on drums than other ones. And <laughs> you can kind of tell <laughs> you're like, uh-huh. Oh, they've got a, a 22 year old in the band. All right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's like, no effects, like, to me, it's like, when they hit a certain thing, then, like, I can just, I listen to a, a clip of, an, of a song or something, and I'm just like, I don't even know that these are real guitars anymore. They sound so bad. They sound just like, like, Walmart brand Axe effects. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, there's nothing punk about this to me. Like, it just feels sterile and safe and I don't know. But, you know, that's, you know, I mean, that's, I'm I'm talking about probably like a multimillionaire. So like what, you know, like, I don't know. The, the best thing that could probably happen to me is, is he would hear me talking shit and he would like hate me for it, you know, but uh, <laughs> like, yeah. and I'm not even really talking shit. Like I could, I guess, you know, why not? But, um, yeah, that that's so like, you know, obviously you, you kind of had to come to a point where, uh, you were like, almost like not saying you were even like looking for this or whatever, but whenever you found something that was like, had more of an edge or spoke to you personally, like, what was that like? How did you come into the kind of stuff that you really did, like, call your own? Um, I feel like my discovery of, like, when I was in, like, high school, my discovery of, like, 90s emo really shaped that a lot. Like, my dad, um, he knew, like, like the bands, like, Braid and Sunny Day and shit. So, like, there was some familiarity there. But, like, I got really, really into, like, American football as, like, a freshman in high school. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and like as stupid and service level as this sounds like a 13 year old kid who spent a lot of years, like shoving down emotions and, and being depressed and sad. And like, you know, thinking that emotions are stupid and for babies, like being like, Oh wow, you can make music that's like in touch with your emotions. Like that was a big deal to me when I was you know, like 14, because like the music I'd listened to previously was like, emotional and almost like a destructive way like i love nirvana and so like smashing guitars and like being unhealthy and like feeling like shit was so cool to me (laughs) like and so um like having like a band like like american football that's like yeah we just talk about our feelings like was like honestly radical to me at the time and so like it's the antithesis of of the other thing Yes, exactly. And so, like, that obviously lent itself, like, that plus my love for, like, aggressive music obviously lent itself to Screamo, you know? And, like, it took me a long time to get there to to get to, like, you know, listening and listening to and making scrams. Like, it, I didn't really discover the genre until um, very recently. Like, like, I knew about, like, Orchid and Page 99, but I didn't really, like, get it, you know? And I didn't know there was a whole genre of it. I just thought it was like, oh yeah, this is what preceded emo. Like that's what I thought screamo was. It was just the shit that preceded emo. And I didn't realize there was like a community. I didn't realize there was new bands making it. I didn't realize like a whole like genre was based on what was happening in Richmond, Virginia in the late nineties, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so like I don't and, know. And Lafayette, the, Indiana. Right. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, how could I forget the legends of Regalia? Oh, well, um, well, I mean, I was talking about like my, my actual old band and like in bands like Usurp Synapse and stuff, but like. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, yeah I forgot they're a Midwest band, too. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Were, they started in Lafayette, Indiana. Wow. In the house that I used to live in. Like I met Damn, them okay. <laughs> while they started that band. Like I literally was there while they were like packing up their first seven inch. I met them and um, it was like a little bit later. They're like, we're moving to Indianapolis. Do you want to sublease this place? And I lived there for like 20 years. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was, a, I was in a band back then also that like, you know, this was a, this was a much more, a much more screamo story, which was, um, that uh the band recorded one seven inch um it was a it was a band where a a lot of the members had had slept with each other uh and yeah and and there's i don't really think there's like hard feelings as far as any of that goes this doesn't have anything to do with that but um but that is a very 90s thing i think but um and then uh and then like some one particular person, which wasn't me this time, because I am a bit of a diva. But one particular person was like quite a diva, and made somebody else mad. The band broke up before the seventies even came out. So much more ninety story. Like, and that's why that and probably that we weren't that good. That nobody knows that <laughs> band. Like, um, but yeah, there was like. There was lots of sick bands in Indiana back back then, you know, like um, uh, uh, Maracate and uh, different bands. But um, yeah, uh, I I was just just joking about the Lafayette part, but there, you know, <laughs> but like that that is a pretty significant band to come out of Lafayette, and and I think that like um, 
definitely Richmond uh, and that area get is gets the well deserved like praise as like the screamo mecca. But um, you know what. Midwest holds it down too. That's all I was trying to say. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. Midwest screamo is, is there. Like I, I don't know. There's I've noticed recently like certain differences between West Coast, East Coast, and Midwest screamo bands, and I think like those differences like can kind of reflect a slight difference in culture, but it also is just like how music has been. Um, I don't know. Like 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 let's take the difference between like a band like Masanera and a band like Roman Candle. Like both new school bands that are making a name for themselves in their respective areas and have a ton of respect and are making really fucking cool music. Like both of them have such different attitudes. Like Monsonera is a band that wrote an album that sounds like when you listen to it, it sounds like a symphony. Like it, it's, it flows, it's conceptual. There's like an EDM track on it. It's super weird, super creative. And also just like really understated too. Like they, you don't hear the riffs as much as well as you hear them live. Like I've seen most in their live twice and like the riffs shine better live because they're not like trying to, uh, like, like their, their songwriting shines better on the record. Yes. Because like, they're not like trying to flaunt their guitar skills. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think like Roman candle is one of those bands that like they're, you know, screamo, screamo adjacent, but they have this like hardcore attitude of like, yeah, we're the shit we love this, uh, like Piper has posted like money spreads and like, like she's like, this is my new fucking car. I just bought with screamo money. Like, like <laughs> it's almost like a very, like, um, like this, like West coast kind of, um, not like capitalist, but like, like, like a professionalism or, or yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and both of those bands, like I said, are highly respected and making really fucking cool music. And then you have like let's take a Midwest band like Trailbody, and they're just like, yeah, we're fucking loud and really nice people. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the same to y'all. Really loud and really nice people. Like it's I don't know. I think it's it's cool that the slight differences between East Coast, West Coast, and like Midwest bands. Yeah, I it I don't I don't even know if it's like. Like I don't, hmm. I, I, I hope nobody takes any of these analogies the wrong way. But it's like I feel like West Coast bands they're better at marketing, but I yes. don't even think that they necessarily market themselves. I think it's it's like almost like being from the West Coast is. It, it's like having a brand name on something that that um, people automatically find appeal in or respect in or whatever, you know? Like, sure. I feel like it's like, oh, this band from California, yeah, they're sick. And when you hear California, it's like, you know, it, it's like ha- having that that brand recognition, this band is from California. Oh, yeah, well, they must be good. Where it's like... There's a little bit sure. of that too, where it's like, oh, this band is from Richmond, and you and you're like, oh, they're from Richmond. I'm listening, you know, and mm-hmm. the, it, I think that New Jersey has a little bit of that, but I think they had like more of that like, ten, fifteen years ago, like sure. than they than they do now, and that for you're no good to reason. Like the MCR era, maybe. Yeah, maybe, 
But like, because you no know, bands from that area are still just like on fire, you know, hundreds of AU and Masanera and, you know, mm-hmm. like wh- whatever else. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's real interesting. And then, and then the Midwest is just kind of like, nobody cares. Like you're from the Midwest. Not that, not like, it's just like, you could say I'm from like, this band is from Milwaukee. Like, okay. Like this band from Chicago. Okay. This band's from Indianapolis. Okay. It's like Midwest is all just like one thing, (laughs) you know, it's just like, (laughs) yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I think that has a lot to do with it. And we're, yeah, it's just, there's, there, there are different, just like sort of, um, like, I don't know, like people in California and stuff, like, I think there's something with like, you know, maybe like the weather being nice and, you know, cause when I was in Florida, when I lived in Florida and like, I, like, I hate Florida, like as a political, uh, you know, like, um, like right <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying but like i yeah. love florida like as a state like the nature the 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 um the weather and stuff like i grew up there and i i just love it and like yeah. i i always think to myself some of the worst times i ever had in my life i was in florida but i was like never depressed like i am now <laughs> like because it's nice all the time <laughs> just i couldn't yeah. be i'm like it's, it's sunny it's like i can go out like it's this is beautiful and i don't know if there's something that, it's like you know, people in California, they have like more confidence, you know, and people gravitate towards confidence, whether we acknowledge that or not, you know? And so Midwest yeah, people, it, we're all sort of like, oh, golly gee, thanks, you know? <laughs> like, that's so nice of you to say. And, you know, California people are like, yeah, you know, we worked real hard. Thanks a lot, you know? It's like such a different vibe, you know? And honestly, I, I think that's so rad because like, like I was saying about Roman Candle, they almost have like a Southern Californian hardcore attitude about their music. Like, right. But they're from um, like Vegas or something, or is it Reno? I think they're from Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was somewhere around there, but I, I, um, I would have loved to have chatted with them, but I think that, um, that ship has sailed probably. Like, I think they're, <laughs> I think they're, they don't, you know, they will never know who I am at this point. The, <laughs> that ship sailed just like I was trying to get, um, someone from scowl on the podcast and it was about to happen and then no that's not going to happen now but um (laughs) yeah that ship sailed I think it's rad too because i just i think that like there's any kind of way that you can be about your music and about like the the way you i mean i've been a lot i've been lots of different ways and i think that's fun too just like sometimes it mm-hmm. is just like you just be a little braggadocious and you're just like fuck it you know 
me and my friends did something cool and like you should think it's cool too you know or sometimes that's totally how i am in my other band like i'm in an indie band that like when i go out on stage and like wave at the crowd and do the interaction thing and i'll like reach my hand to the crowd and they all reach their hands up and it's like almost like rock star shit but like i'll never <laughs> do that in riot nine but i'll not like for like an indie rock band that like has fans and shit like it's fun like and it's good for the fans that's what the fans expect and it's what the fans want and like sure. that's part of uh i don't know there's there's positives to that and it's not that i'm like like um being like oh yeah i'm a fucking rock star it's just like it's fun to like kind of play this character of someone who you know um has a cool band that people like you know what i mean yeah um i mean and i think no go, yeah, ahead. go ahead um i was gonna say it's like it's genuine in the way that like every human has an ego right like mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like in a way, like kind of playing a character of like a rock star. Um, right. Well, see here. The, I don't know. It, here's the other thing I was again? thinking is that like, it, you know, there's a, there's a flip side to that as well, which is like, if you're just, if you as a person are just acting the same way all the time, like you're, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, like you're, you're being a bit of a character right there. Cause like nobody feels sure. the same way all the time, you know, like you got moods and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So like, yeah, you got your one thing and you feel in some way about that and you go out and you express that side of yourself and then you have your other thing and you express that side of yourself, you know, it's just like, it's just human baby. You know, it's just like, yeah, for real. like you're just, you're just, um, yeah. uh, you're just putting the, 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 complexities of life out there in your performance or in your personality or whatever and you know for sure i think the the subject matter of the music changes things too like oh yeah in riot nine we're singing about like genocide and capitalism and and climate change and like the things that make us all like really upset and just like disenfranchised with the world and like western culture right and then in fellow kinsmen the indie rock band it's just kind of like love songs or like stories that we're telling or um like and i don't really do a lot of the songwriting in fellow kingsman i just kind of like play my bass you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. so it's it's more like i'm there for the fun of music as opposed and and also the fun of playing my instrument really really well like i practice my bass so i can play it really really well like it's it's for the fun of all of those things and not as much like an emotional release of Mm -hmm. like pent-up aggression towards your society that you're forced to participate in you know like it's a there's a lot less stakes there in terms of like what we're feeling on stage you know yeah yeah and it's it's i mean i think we don't talk about that enough in like screamo or you know the diy community is just like um i mean it's just so fun to play an instrument and like it's Mm -hmm. it's there's a pure joy that comes with just performing for people and like i mean it's like i i don't know you know how much i don't know how much of this is like my own like headcanon or whatever but it's like there's some performers like you know like tom petty or whatever like i i can just mm-hmm. i can just imagine tom petty just like before a, a concert just being like this is the greatest thing that ever could be is just going out and singing songs for people like and Mm -hmm. like 
You know, that's my headcanon. Like, you, you'll never convince me that Tom Petty did anything but love to play guitar and sing for people. And it's like, right. yeah, I mean, that's why when we go out there and we, and we do our thing, like, we do it for 20 minutes and it felt like 30 seconds, you know? Because it's like so, there's so much joy in it. And there's, like, even when we're, you know, unveiling, like, our frustrations and, and our our. our you know our trauma in some mm-hmm. in some uh, instances like it's just the the joy of that expression and stuff is is um so pure and like yeah i mean like it's just sometimes it's is such a blast to just like lock in on something that someone else did and just play along and yeah but you mm-hmm. said that was called fellow fellow kinsmen uh, yeah, the front man's name is Nate Kinsman um, and so he's been playing as fellow kinsman since I think like 2015. Um, and just like kind of accumulating a band over, over the course of the last couple of years. And like around two years ago is when he started like really like, um, having a solid band of people. It's like around the time I joined and then there's a keyboard player named Erin. She's super sweet. She joined her, uh, a couple of like gigs before me. Um, we recently got a new drummer. His name's Dwayne, like just a really cool, um, down to earth dude. He's like a, he's like a rapper by trade. So like, it's cool to have someone with like, a, like everyone in the band has a super different musical backstory, hmm. um, which I think is amazing. Like we walk around and we look like a joke, like a, a this person and this person and this person walked into a bar. Like that's what we look like. Yeah. Um, cause like, that. Uh, Dwayne, the drummer, he's a rapper. Erin, the keyboard player, she's like classically trained, but her like, um, like she's a decent part of like the hardcore scene, um, which is like she and her boyfriend go to like a ton of like local hardcore shows. I'm obviously like in the screamo and emo and DIY side of the scene. Nate is, um, has always been like indie rock, but he's the one that introduced me to Loma Prieta. So like, you know what I mean? He's got some influences that are, on the punk rock side of things too. And then we have a slide guitar player who has been in country bands and he's like the most old school punk you'll ever meet. He's just like a country, like, um, yeehaw steel guitar playing like stoner punk dude. And like, you know what I mean? Like having people that are from all over the map play some music together. is just so cool. Yeah, for sure. You play bass in that band, and and um, you also play bass in Solvalu. How do you say that? Um, Solvalu is this new band I joined out of Madison. I'm playing guitar in that one as well. Oh, okay. I don't know why mm-hmm. I thought you were playing bass in that. I I mess I misread something. Okay, I, I was just cur- <laughs> I was just curious because like here I was thinking like you were playing bass in two bands, and I, and you know so I was like you know getting back to like wh- when you. S- first started playing like what what instrument was it that you first picked up on was it guitar i had like a a desire to play guitar for a long time and like my parents finally like they were like okay we can have you do guitar lessons when i was i think like fourth or fifth grade so i started guitar first but in sixth grade i joined the the middle school orchestra as a stand-up bass player um and so for a lot of years, upright bass was my forte. And then like I would play like guitar and cover bands. And then I never really took um, guitar quite as seriously until I joined my first like real band back in 2019. Um, so like I did start playing guitar first, but um, 
for a long time, like classical bass was what I played the most of. Yeah. So what was, um, what was it like at your school was, was, um, were you attending a lot of like, uh, sort of competitions or, or just doing the sort of like performances at locally in, in your own school or like how serious was that? Um, like it wasn't a very prestigious school or prestigious orchestra. It was just kind of like, we're going to learn these uh, contemporary orchestral songs. And then when I got into high school, it was a lot more like, we're going to play some Bach and we're going to play some Mozart and we're going to play some Beethoven. But none of it was ever like competition level good. It wasn't like, I wasn't in like a ex- extracurricular orchestra. It was just like part of my classes. Oh, okay. You, so it wasn't like crazy serious, you know? Yeah. You, you said you didn't take guitar seriously until, and I, so I was like, uh, you know, you never can tell because like, like my, my kids have never been like, they've, they've just sort of been in the band. And so you go and you see their thing and it's awesome. But like mm-hmm. every once in a while I chat with somebody and they're like, Oh yeah, I did. I did regional. I did national. I did this. And you're just like, Holy shit. Like, you know, you find out somebody's <laughs> yeah. somebody's played to like thousands of people, like when they're, you know, 14 years old or whatever. And it's like, shit like now you played 20 in a basement sick (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately no that was not the case like i always loved playing guitar but it wasn't i wasn't really writing music i wasn't like i was writing riffs here and there but Mm -hmm. i was mostly just like playing like punk rock cover bands and stuff Mm -hmm. um like we would play garage shows in high school and whatever like tell all the popular kids to come to a party and then play punk rock music for them and Mm-hmm. Then we were cool for like exactly 30 minutes and then everybody pretended they didn't know us again. Like <laughs> just that, that type of, you know, weird teenage shit. Yeah. It's like pretty much the extent of my guitar until 2019, you know? Yeah. I know that feeling very well. Like my first band, <laughs> we played, we played this friend of mine's, um, birthday party and, um, the singer in my friend's band. Now my friend was just like, a nerd like nobody cared about like loser or whatever you want to you know how whatever mm-hmm. category w- we would have been <laughs> called at the time um just like us but like um the singer in his band was like this this uh guy who like lifted weights and really 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 wanted to be glenn danzig and um like <laughs> like lots of people thought he was like really hot and stuff and so this band was elevated by the fact that they had a um a a, a hot singer and um <laughs> it's really funny because like years years and years later somebody was just like i have a videotape of that show and um and they sent it to me and like that band was so bad like they did like <laughs> alice in chains like wood and they did like mother and stuff and uh-huh. the the band was Mm, like my friend could play the guitar parts well and their drummer mm-hmm. was good but the bass the bass player was terrible and the vocals were so bad and it's like you're just you're just pretending to be Danzig like how can you be this bad but um <laughs> yeah I didn't, I don't I didn't get on here to talk shit about that stuff but uh but it's <laughs> it's just funny because like we were just like a Nirvana slash like 
Descendants ripoff, but we mm-hmm. were we played the songs pretty well. Like the the they weren't good songs, but we played them pretty well. And uh-huh. it was one of those things like you like nobody could care less. And um, no, but the, but the hot guy who like could not sing, and um, and it was just like I mean, the bass part from Alice in Chains Wood is not very hard, and like it was. I was just like, what is happening here? Like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I hope they're listening. You sucked. No. Um, <laughs> that's like the most negative I've ever been on the, like. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just my like, negative aura. It just brings out the shit talking everyone. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I've held that in long enough, you know. <laughs> you had chiseled abs, but what else did you have? No. Um, but, um. Yeah, so was it just like uh, sort of like American football and that kind of stuff where you, you you were just like like this is the kind of thing that I could like write and like I like like maybe I Oh yeah, I did a bunch of that like open tuning bullshit um for a while. Um and I got really into braid. They were my favorite um of those, which is cool cuz they like have a lot more of a punk edge than a lot of those bands did. Mm-hmm. Um and also, like, the Braid side project, Hey Mercedes. Like, I loved that record. Oh, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, like, I just wanted to, like, play some version of emotional punk music. And um, I joined a band in 2019 that was, like, kind of, you know, influenced. Like, it was like if you took Taking Back Sunday and then wanted to put, like, Radiohead's experimental like bleeps and bloops over it so it was like honestly a, a pretty cool band that i was in back in the day um Is i say back in the day like, show for that or um yeah there's a lot of shit on like youtube and there's there's an album up on spotify still the band was called tacoma washington weekday club um and it was it was genuinely a pretty cool project i wasn't like super my speed um uh considering there was like a lot of like I want to say ego, but ego is like a really strong word. It has a negative connotation. It was a lot more like these dudes knew that they were good at their shit and they wanted to have that attitude of like, yeah, we're the shit and we love what we make. Um, So like you could call it egotistical, but I I think that's a a too negative of a word. Um, But anyway, um, that really had me taking guitar more seriously and, and like, learning about the cartoon and, and amps and um, playing loud shit that had screaming in it, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. that was really the turning point for me of, like, okay, an emotional band that's loud and has harsh vocals, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just, like, a medical, medical band. It was, it was, like, you know, had a lot of emo influence to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did you... Like, how long were you in that band? Like, did you, like, play your first gigs and stuff with that band? Um, yeah, I mean, I played my first, like, original songs. Like, I didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't really a, a primary songwriter in that band, but my first time playing, like, original music was in that band. Um, and I, the band was together until 2021. Um, I think, like, our heaviest gigging season was doing like a ton of like live streams over the pandemic we did like we did like um probably five or ten five between five and ten live streams over the course of lockdown 
Yeah. Um, and like, then we would, we did some like once you know restrictions were lifted and stuff. We did some gigs where we were trying to like um, add like visual elements to our show. Like we had a couple TVs on our on the stage, like playing random like animations that the drummer had made. Um, like it was like they wanted to be like a really big like conceptual like emo band, which is like funny um, a little bit to me, like because emo is one of those genres where it like seems like inherently like kind of loser is the right word, but kind of loser, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, like I mean, there's bringing a... like a pop star ego into it, like right was just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and then that band broke up in in 2021. Um, which opened the door for me to start jamming with Danny, who's now with me and Riot Nine, which is cool. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask because there's about a year there before Riot Nine's uh, first song comes out. So, is that? Did you go through sort of some different iterations of like what you were going for and stuff before Riot Nine like sort of became a thing? Yeah, I mean, like, Danny and I, we had played in, like, cover bands together in high school. Um, like, I knew him from, um, like, long, long ago. We, we, we didn't go to school together, but we went to school in, like, neighboring suburban districts. So, like, it was very close. We were very close to each other. Um, and, like, we originally wanted to, like, make, like, electronic music, and we realized we weren't good at making electronic music. Um, this was this was in like 2020 slash 2021 so like 100 gex was the biggest band in the world to us you know um so we wanted to make like electronic shit and that didn't really work out and like one night i was like just like really frustrated with like our inability to make music on the computer and i was like why don't we just like fucking make what we're good at making and danny was like what are we good at making and then we just started like jamming with our guitars and wrote some like shit that sounded super emo and i was like i think this is what we need to do i think we need to make emo music like i need to return to my roots of like like really really high-pitched like belting cleans and then like maybe do some harsh vocals too and then over the course of our first like year like writing and playing music it, it became very apparent that screamo was the direction that we needed to go into you know Definitely in the first track that y'all released, um, uh, No One Wants Pain, like in, in that mm-hmm. one, like I definitely hear more of that, like the American football or, you know, the, the, 
um, the clean like channel, like, I mean, although y'all still use clean channel a lot, but you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I, I hear yeah. a lot more of that. And then <clears throat> on, you know, the, the first like f- full release EP death before tra- detransition, I, mm-hmm. I, it's like, you can still, you're like, yes, this, this is the same band, but like y'all feel really dialed in there. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, like, New Orleans Pain was like, that was one of the first riffs we had written. Um, and like, I think what really sets the first like iteration of our songwriting versus like a current iteration of our songwriting apart is that like the first iteration of our songwriting was very like, oh, we're writing emotional music about our emotions and about our life. Like, one of the first songs we wrote, wrote was about like growing up, like Danny wrote a song about growing up with a split household. And, um, like, it was all just, like, personal and introspective lyrics. And then as, like, we started to become, like, more radicalized in our politics and, like, we started to see a lot more, like, violence in the world, we, like, and also, like, inspiration from bands like Snag to, like, write about that violence. Um, We started writing music that all kind of centered, um, like, the trans experience um, you know, you know what I mean. So, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. What, what separates like no one wants pain from death before detransition is the radical politics, you know, and the action behind the words. You know, it's it's. I think that's really what dialed us in was having a purpose and having a message. You know. Yeah, for sure. You could have also just said, and then we saw heroes play, and I would have been <laughs> like, okay, that's that's yeah, uh-huh. that's what happened. Um, because yeah, I really, I really like. I, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but I think that y'all's EP is like one of the more important singular pieces of um, screamo made by trans people. And, really? And um, I think, like, <laughs> wow. I think that, like, you know, I don't know how out there, like, it it has gotten as far as, like, listenership or whatever, you know? But I think mm-hmm. that once it passes a certain, like, I don't know how these things happen. Like, I don't know how people find out about music. Like, if I did, like, people would find out about more music but i'm bad at that you know i'm not not in scowl or roman candle so like you know um but like uh it's just like yeah i like i personally am like you know there's like here's and then there's y'all like i think that damn and the fact that that's your first thing i think that the title of that release is such a definitive like an important statement and it's like it's got to feel kind of obvious right but like that's what's so strong about it like it's just like you know and yeah i just i feel like it in the point in time that we are in now it's like such a it's got to be one of those things like i'm not the only person that like listens to that and is like feels like it's a rally cry or feels like it's like a you know that feels a lot of um like comfort and uh and just like solidarity with that 
statement yeah. that 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 EP makes. And so, yeah, I think you know, like I, you and I, we've been we've been t- texting even before we actually met and stuff, and mm-hmm. we've been trying to make this conversation happen, and we're finally ha- ha- you know it's finally happening and and i'm i'm really excited and i hope that uh i hope that everybody that already loves y'all listens to this and i hope that people that have never heard y'all go and listen to the ep like that's all i could ever want is to is to you know um link more people that feel similarly to us with that message and um yeah like i'm looking forward to whatever else y'all do but but like as far as I'm concerned, you can hang it up. You've done it. Great job. Um, <laughs> I don't Thank think you're so gonna. So I don't true. think you're gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it either. But you know, it, it would be funny to just drop that EP and then and then disappear. I feel like that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do that though. Like I love those two dudes so much. Um, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. And also, I just, like I was, I was. Um, and also, I didn't get everyone's names at the show, but yeah, the, the bass player. That's Danny, yeah. Okay, I thought so. Um, I was talking with Danny and mm-hmm. he was talking about like I was I was telling him about like this band that his vocals reminded me of and stuff. And um mm-hmm. and he was talking about how like he had just come into that vocal style. And when I was listening back to the recordings, I'm like, yeah, it's not it's not quite where it is now. And so I'm really excited to see what y'all do next because I want to, I want to see like, um, I compared the vocals to this band, um, from Biloxi, Mississippi back in like 1995 called no matter. And like, it was just such a unique style and and like watching y'all play live. I was just like, that's that. And, um, yeah, it's really cool. Go ahead. Sorry, finish your. Thought. No, I no, I just, I just like, I can't wait to hear what's next. You know, because I, like, I know y'all are obviously going to take it up another notch, but also I'm like, I want to hear those vocals on the, you know, on recording. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, what were you going to say? You. So when we were in the process of recording vocals, like Danny was in a tough headspace because this was before he had started testosterone, and like he was like listening back to this makes me so fucking dysphoric. And like, I, I don't know, I don't ha- know how I can possibly feel comfortable releasing this shit. And I was kind of feeling the same way to a less extreme degree. And, um, and then I, like, I had already been a, a fan of Sanagi. Um, but then I heard the record from Closer from like the year before. Mm-hmm. And I sent that to Danny and I was like, look, if, if Ryan can fucking do vocals pre-testosterone and then turn around and do a Sanagi record the next year with like an octave lower vocal range like that's so fucking cool and like we have the ability to like time capsule this like it might be dysphoric but it will only be dysphoric for a short amount of time and then you'll be able to look back on it with so much love and knowing like this is where i was and this is where i am now and i'm so proud of myself and this is like how far we can come um and this is like what transition is it's like this beautiful change of like like going from something that's like makes itself smaller on purpose and makes itself quieter on purpose to something that's confident and loud and strong. And like, I don't know, like, like Ryan's vocals um, pre and post testosterone were such a huge inspiration for both me and Danny. Like 
and and having that like sure it was it was dysphoric but it's also like very beautiful to be able to capture that change happening you know yeah and and it it has the op like it creates an opportunity to inspire people like ryan inspired y'all yeah so uh -huh. um and yeah that's that's i mean <clears throat> i'm actually like <laughs> it's only been a couple times out of 178 shows but i'm actually like a little i'm a little choked up right now uh because i i love ryan so much and i was texting with ryan earlier we're doing a, another thing here pretty soon and um and you know if if you if you had just listened to the uh, chat or if anyone has just listened to the chat that I had just had with Ryan, uh, mm -hmm. Ryan was feeling a lot of the same ways that y'all were feeling Yeah, between all those releases and stuff and between playing the songs pre and post and everything else, like playing the songs then versus playing the songs now. And, you know, all, all I can think is that, you know, there's a lot of, um, I, I don't think this is, this is strictly a a, a, tra a trans thing, but I think mm -hmm. um, I think that it's a there are bigger markers for us, you know, like um, there's you know signs on the on the road or whatever. Um, but like there's this idea that a lot of people have that like once once you hit X, then your life from then on is kind of just gonna be the same or like like it's like i think when you're a kid it's like when i'm an adult then life is going to be like this and like nobody's mm -hmm. life is like that like li people's lives are changing all the time and i think it's more apparent with us because we're like we didn't stop changing physically or like right. you know what i mean or externally or you know whatever our our different markers are like and like it can be that way with you know people who aren't trans like they they can also uh, be going through like all of this as well but mm -hmm. uh, for us it's it's like i think we we get we get um really in 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 our into ourselves on this idea of like before and after and um mm -hmm. i am I'm guilty of that as well and like I'm not I'm I'm not the best at taking my own advice either but it's like yeah. we we like we can't change that you know so like um whatever that is like it's gonna make us feel some kind of way for sure but like whatever we do from now on like can do for others what others have done for us, you know, mm -hmm. in those different instances, whatever they are. Um, that felt like really vague, but I was just trying to like <laughs> elaborate on what I was saying about how like y'all were taking inspiration from Ryan and like, mm -hmm. I bet if Ryan heard this and Ryan probably will, that like, that's going to be back like it's just this circle like where we're just uh -huh. all just like yes. fucking fueling each other you know just like giving giving each other like 
the thumbs up, you know, the, the kick in the pants, <laughs> yeah. the whatever it is that we need that day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I actually just sent Ryan some shirts today. Um, oh, yeah? I ran to the post office. Because I uh, had a kind of funny interaction with him um, on Twitter, like, months ago. Like, the, like, probably six months ago at this point, where I was playing a gig... And it was a really stacked lineup, and Ryan, like, commented, like, yo, this is a sick lineup, I'm stoked for Milwaukee, I'm stoked for y'all. And I was like, hey, that was really nice of you. Um, if I order a shirt right now, do you think you could ship it out in time for me to wear it on stage? And he was like, probably not, but I can try. And I said, I'll Venmo you an extra $5 <laughs> so I can pay for, like, priority mail or whatever. And then, like, not even three days later, I got two shirts in the mail. Um, and so I, I said, like, I, I owe you a shirt for sure. What size do you wear? And then it took me a long time to like print shirts that I felt super like confident with and like felt comfortable, like giving them to someone as a gift, like having my black printing abilities being like decent and also like having enough shirts where like I can afford to send two off to, uh, to Philadelphia and still have some for my, my my homies in Milwaukee to actually buy at shows, you know? Yeah. So I finally, I've been on merch printing, like, I just, I printed like probably 40 shirts in the past couple of days as well as like sewing some patches on one-offs and stuff. And, um, I finally had some cool shirts and I shipped them off this morning. So, um, maybe even by the time Ryan hears this, he'll have some Riot 9 gear. Awesome. (laughs) Just, uh, pretty cool. I, I, I just like love the way that Screamo's ridiculously supportive in, in, in a cyclical way and not just in a we support small artists kind of way but in a in a way that like like it's, it's actually a, like a circle of life you know yes yeah, it's, it's super meaningful it's it's not it's not a it's not a six set dude you know it's right. like yeah it, like we're really like we can really count on each other and and we we make like you know as as a whole i'm saying we like you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, we're, we're like, we're there for each other. We, we know what it's like, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> where's my shirt? But no, um, I'm just kidding. I should have, here's the thing is like, somebody posted, a, somebody posted a snag shirt that they got at that show. And I was like, I should have got one of those shirts. I should have got a Ryan nine shirt. But the thing is like, I can't, I am so, I, I'm doing my best to not be a band shirt every day girl. Like, but like I still <laughs> yeah. am. And I'm like, I don't That's need... why our shirts are, we try to do different shit. Like I yeah. have, um, a lot of our shirts come from Goodwill. Um, oh, right, or right. like wherever else I can get shirts and they're block printed. So they're not, it's not like a screen printed band t-shirt like everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's really nice, like I got a I got a bulk of shirts for like a dollar twenty five each at one point. That's awesome. Um, and so I just like printed all of them and then put them in a bucket and said five dollar shirt bucket. <laughs> like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, um, and then the other thing we do is we do um, this is a little bit more occasional because it's a lot more labor intensive. But I do one offs, and so I'll buy a jacket um, from Goodwill um, that's like a cool jacket or like a flannel. And I'll sew patches on it because um, we also print a lot of patches. So like this one I did for my old roommate, um, he plays in an indie rock band here in Milwaukee called Diet Light. Um, 
I, I bought this red, um, it wasn't Carhartt, but it was like a similar brand of like canvas work shirt. Um, and it was like a little oversized and I put a back patch on the back and I put like the three flowers, death before the transition, uh, flowers on one breast pocket and then put the right nine logo sewed on on the other breast pocket. And then, um, Max decided to like crop it. So it was like a well-fitting shirt and like he loved that shirt so much he wore it in like a diet light music video you know what i mean like <laughs> i want to make shit that's fucking cool yeah um because like every band has golden t-shirts that have that like maybe a small design on the front big design on the back you know it's not that hard to like come up with something that's creative and unique and cost effective and something that you can like if someone doesn't have the funds to spend a lot of money on merch be able to get something for a dollar or for free and not worry about it you know yeah because like i need to have the ability to give someone merch for free without having to have that impact my own financial stability because i am a 21 year old who lives paycheck to paycheck too yeah. you know yeah so if i can have merch that's cheaper for me to make it's easier for me to in in safe conscience give that to someone else too for free yeah yeah, that's awesome. It, it, that band I was talking about before, that uh, the band that I was in back in the '90s, we also did the random shirts from Goodwill thing. But it was kind of sometimes it was kind of weird because you're like your band name is on the back of the shirt. And it's got like Tony the Tiger on the front. You're like that's, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think you're talking about that. But like we had some weird shit like that. It's like this is a Wendy shirt. Like why is our, <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, it's. <laughs> Uh, the one I sent to Ryan has like the Puma logo on the front and then the Riot 9 logo on the back, <laughs> uh, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Cause like Sanagi's such like a sports band to me. Like they're always like, they're wearing jerseys oh, yeah. on stage and oh, yeah. like they're big birds fans. So like, yeah, I thought it was funny. To oh, have, I like, just a, ran like, a marathon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. 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 That, that does work. Say. Oh no, I and I mean, I don't know, you know, like my one of my other bands Plague Walker, we literally had the Adidas rip on one of ours. Uh-huh. So, um but yeah, it, <clears throat> I don't know. When it comes to me like I definitely am a I'm a huge uh proponent of of that. Like I don't I want to make a like I a lot of our records and stuff like it's like uh, like I Sometimes I'm I'm worried when I send one out, like if somebody's gonna complain because the screen print is like, like the registration is a little weird or et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, one time I, like, I don't wanna, I, I'm not gonna like single anybody out, but one time like I sent a bunch of them off and um, this label that was a part of the release with us was like that these, like the the registration on these is weird. Like they don't all look the same. And I was like, yeah, that's not really like my thing. Like mm-hmm. them, like all looking the same and whatever. And I'm like, this album is called like the mirror. And like, when we look in the mirror, like n- we don't look the same, like, right. <laughs> you know? And, but they were like, well, I, but I have to be able to use, I have to be able to sell this like it's a product and I was like, mm, see, that's where you got me. Like, it's not a product to me. It's a piece <laughs> right. of artwork, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, like I can see it from some people's point of view. Like, it's like, this doesn't look like the one I ordered, you know, but to me, that's what is like, well, that's why it's special, 
you know? But like, right. like I'm not sending anybody anything that I would not be proud to own myself. And that's my like gold standard is like, if For I sure. got yeah. this, would I be disappointed? And the answer has mm-hmm. to be no, you know? But like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. As far as shirts and stuff though, like I'm obviously, I'm just guilty of the just like make, make the screen and run them on the guild and, you know, because like, mm-hmm. honestly, like it is so funny. Like the last, like however many tours that we've been on, it's just like me and Jason recording an album, getting ready to go on tour. And it's like, we're leaving at like seven in the morning and we're still up printing shirts at like 1 a.m. It's like, <laughs> it, it just does not fail. It's like, well, you know, I've been getting ready for this thing for like three months now, but here I am the night before finishing running off these shirts. Like it just did not <laughs> fail. Um, That's how it is every time, and, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just, so I don't know. I always, I'm always just like, it's always like, and maybe I'll make another design this time and maybe I'll, you know, and sometimes I do, but it's just always just like, I am always like, well, like, here we are. We're back in the assembly line. Boom. You know, that's, we're, we're getting it done. But, uh, yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, once again, I, I find myself like, you know, like we're, we're an hour deep into the conversation and, um, we could kind of just like keep going, talking about like random stuff and art and everything like that. But, um, Mm -hmm. like, uh, let's like, kind of like wrap it up by like, you know, talking about, like what are the plans for your various bands like coming up? Like, um, are there like shows for the bands? Like I know that, um, the, um, the band that you just joined with, with Will and them, um, has mm-hmm. like an EP coming, but I don't like, you obviously didn't play on that cause you just got in the band. So like, what's the plans for all these different bands coming up? Yeah, so with Soul Valau, um, we're currently recording a demo, and I'm putting a couple guitar tracks down, like, mostly, like, noise feedback type stuff, because the, the songs, by and large, are done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a demo tape, so, like, the songs are, like, done, but with a little asterisk. Um, and I think I think ZBR was going to potentially put out the demo, uh, which is very exciting. Like it, That's it's, what it says like, on the... Beyond cool that, like... I have the opportunity to put something out on, on ZBR ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean like I'm doing a couple guitar things here and there. I'm not really doing any vocals. I don't think, but they're, they're offering me the spot to do so if I you know feel comfortable and able to, to throw some vocals on. Um, yeah, with Riot Nine, we're just kind of writing. Um, we have a couple big shows brewing um, for the beginning of 2024. I'd really like to make it to Toronto in 2024. Like, I, what I really want to do for Riotine is, like, hit the road. Like, I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go to the South. I want to eventually hit the West Coast when I have the means to, like, drive for 14 hours with no shows. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't know. I, I really want to tour and get really fucking good at the songs we're playing and, and write new songs. Um, we don't really have any plans for new releases. Um, I'd really like to do potentially like a seven inch, um, whether that be a split with another band or just a couple songs of our own, um, no, no, no like real plans. It's all kind of just like, fuck it. We're going to work hard and find out what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, for, especially with Riot Nine, like, 
Um, Danny and Ian are both at very busy seasons of their lives, being students and working class people. Um, so I'm kind of bearing the brunt of like the, um, what do you, what would organizational you call it? The, um, side, the organizational yeah. administrative type booking type shit. Yeah. Um, temporarily, obviously, because, you know, all three of us are equal parts, but currently like I'm the one with the time and energy to give. Um, sure. so like, I don't have like a plan, but I do know that like, I want to hit the road. I want to keep writing music. And I know that like the good ideas will come as they come. And like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not stressed. I just want to work, work hard and, and play music with my friends and see where it goes, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> well, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we take off? Or, I mean, I think that was a beautiful place to stop, but if there's anything else you wanted to say, uh, um, I don't know uh, to anybody listening, like support your community because that's the shit you can actually do like it doesn't help to think about the fact that the world is in a terrible place but it does help to like love your neighbor that's all <laughs> and that was my conversation with Cleo Jackowick thank you so much Cleo for taking the time to chat with me thanks to all of y'all for listening don't forget to stop by patreon.com slash human machine Until next time, take care and do good things.